in the darkness when we acknowledge our need when the hurt meets restoration Forgiveness reaches deep When the fallout Is uncountable From the damage we have done Short-sightedness Uninvitedness What have we become? So where no hope is found when silence is the loudest sound With triumphance and resound May your love break forth as the light So tiresome Glad the day is done When I finally closed my eyes When there's nothing Then I'm so sorry my actions that show me what I consider to be true so where no hope is found where silence is the loudest sound Triumphant and resound. May your love break forth as the light. May your love break forth as the light.
the lightning And Happy New Year and welcome to the show. I'm Mike Indest, your host, and uh, we have a first-time offender. I guess maybe we'll call, we'll call him that uh, with us. It's uh, Nate Allen. Nate, welcome to the Down the Line podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, this is uh, going to be great. So uh, you have a new project out, and we just heard a song from it called Lightning, and the project is called Good Saint Nathaniel. And uh, people may have heard the song and said, wait, I recognize that guy's voice from somewhere else. You, of course, uh, may be better known at this point from Destroy Nate Allen, since this good St. Nathaniel project is uh, not even really out yet. Uh, so yeah, you yeah. are one in the same, correct? I am. I'm, I'm one in the same of, of uh, multiple artists. <laughs> Excellent. Hey, that's, it's always fun, right? I, it's neat when you get to that point and you're like, hey, I just wrote a song, but it kind of doesn't fit in with... Uh, that persona. Let me let me change things up a little bit. Um, and you've yeah. done that in a in a drastic way, right? So um, I, go, yes. yeah. Tell us about it, please. Uh, Good Saint Nathaniel is about as far as you can move from happy, silly, zany punk rock. Uh, it's a quiet, very serious record. Um, I would say that. Uh, except for me as the principal um, instigator of the project, they, they really don't have a lot in common, at least from a descriptive standpoint. Um, and so I think a lot of people will be pretty surprised on this record. Well, I totally love the songs and, and uh, the uh, stripped-down um, production. And, of course, I'm, I'm big on songs and lyrics, right? Um, I, those That's what always kind of grabs me first. Uh, so watching the uh, press release and, and listening to the uh, the lyrics, uh, you're you're very vulnerable uh, on this record. And you know, as a songwriter, I know sometimes it's it's easy to do when you're writing the song, but then all of a sudden you let somebody hear it and you're like, ah, you know, I I, I don't want to get that out there. Uh, did you have any of those experiences, or when you were writing these very personal, vulnerable songs, uh, were you all about wanting other people to hear them? I had to go to therapy to get to even play the songs. Um, to be to be like perfectly honest, I uh, I wrote a lot of these and I couldn't move forward. And um, my wife said, "You need to go to therapy before you release this record." And it was uh, it was very good advice because I, I literally like would start playing these songs and then when I was done with the show, I'd feel wiped out emotionally and just have to disappear. Wow. All right. So pretty vulnerable stuff. Yeah. Um, why did you feel then it was necessary to write these songs and record this record? Um, I feel like I'm a song catcher. I'm not, I don't really get to choose what I write about. Uh, I get to choose how I write and, uh, craft a song, but the more I explored my process, um, which the last five years I have spent, in recovery from what I would call spiritual abuse. And to me, that was a series of major conflicts uh, underscored by hundreds, if not thousands, of, of 
kind of sour interactions, small conflicts with people over the course of my Christian faith. Um, and five years ago, it really hit me how, how much that had colored my story, and I wanted to start working through the the pain of that. I'm not not intentionally wanting to work through it, wanting to get free of of the baggage of that. Um, and I am a person who processes life through song, and so I started writing all these songs, and I wasn't really sure what to do with them. I mean, there's a lot, a lot more than than you can hear here, or you can hear on the record. Um, and I was like, I got to do something with these. My there's this quiet, very serious songwriter coming out of me, and he needs a place to live. And I don't, I don't know where to even give him a home because he doesn't fit in a weird drunken punk house the same way that Destroy Nate Allen would. Um, it's like a totally different vibe. So I, I was like, I want to get free enough to sing the songs, and I want to resolve myself enough emotionally where I can talk about areas of my life that involve faith without feeling completely decimated and crushed. That was really the goal. And so along that involved therapy and getting the record uh, publicly made. Excellent. Well, thanks for sharing and and being open in this interview as well. Um, So I know you mentioned in the, uh, the video clip that you sent me, um, you're you're making a record. Uh, maybe your audience before was was in a different world than uh, maybe this record is is was initially aimed for. Is that a fair assessment? Uh, I don't I don't necessarily write with an audience in mind. I uh, so I think destroying it, Alan develop the niche in being that weird zany punk band, that band that plays with like would fit well with like an Andrew WK or that wild party band that you've seen do that weird thing at one time. Um that was kind of our world. Good Saint Nathaniel fits really well in quiet spaces and so I'm not sure I mean there's an element of my audience from a like a decade ago that will be really interested in this record. Um, Because the band started quiet and got louder. But um, I'm not really sure how how if they exist in the same world or if they're in completely different worlds. I I really don't know. I'm just thinking of, you know, uh, another record that deals with the same issues in a a different way, which is Dave Bazan's uh, Curse Your Branches, right? Um, Yeah, totally. Which is brilliant. Um, But I, I kind of... I'm amazed that, you know, he played at the Christian Fest audio feed last year, I guess. And uh, I've seen him as many times as I've I've, I've been able to. And it's just always interesting to see that weird mix of audience members um, where, you know, he asked, I think the last house show I saw him, how many people are Christians? And, uh, you know, it it was people raised their hands, of course. And it was this, it just seemed weird when, when he was dealing with some of these issues and then, People are asking asking questions using specific verbiage that somebody who didn't yeah. grow up in a Christian background would even like. What in the world are these people talking about? So I was just kind of curious how how that um, how that works. Since you you know mentioned you you were writing about spiritual abuse and um, yeah. if someone hasn't been in that situation, then uh, maybe they may have a, a difficult time uh, grasping exact. Not that they can't get anything out of it, but grasping exactly what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. 
It's like if, if I think somebody like left the Taliban and wrote an album about that, it'd be hard to kind of get. Yeah. And yes, I am equating conservative Christianity with the Taliban. You, <laughs> you don't have to agree, but um, I will. I'll say it. <laughs> That's not a quote I get to say. That's funny. Um, <laughs> uh, so I actually had an idea for a shirt. I'll get back to your question. Years ago that um, had a picture of Osama bin Laden on it and said, I love Osama bin Laden because Jesus loves me. Uh, kind of a, a radical depiction of grace. I never made it, but uh, I always thought that would be like the trippiest t-shirt to make and, uh, <laughs> and, e- and easily get me, uh, you know, thrown in social jail in my little town. Oh, um, yeah. But that was always fun to me. Uh, it definitely mocked up in my brain for like the last 15 years. Um, so I have found with this record that it resonates kind of equally, it resonates equally with people if they've had any experience with religion and that doesn't necessarily have to be Christianity. And I think anybody that's been around a religious environment, um, whether that's Mormonism, uh, I mean, you can really name the whole list of, of religions. If you've been in any sort of dogmatic or difficult situation, you'll understand what the record's about. Um, it uses specific Christian language because that's a, that is my portion of the story is that I was, a uh, uh, you know, a, a lifelong church attender, uh, Christian school kid and all, all the whole trappings of that. So that's what the language I chose. Um, it has, I thought, man, nobody's going to understand this record unless they were a Christian school kid. <laughs> and I, I, I'm finding that that's actually really not true at all. Um, I think anybody that has, lived life enough to realize that other people's actions can have damaging lasting impact on you. Um, we'll understand at least parts of this record. Excellent. Well, you know, we've been talking about spiritual abuse and manipulation on this show for the last, it seems to be the, the, the recurring theme since we, we started it. Um, yeah, I noticed that. Yeah. Um, it's just, people have a lot of stories to tell. Um, and totally. somebody I'll say, Hey, come on the show and talk about one thing. And then they're like, well, I'll listen to the last show and I have things to comment on about that. So it's just <laughs> kind of been an, uh, an ongoing thing. And it's, it's interesting. Like when people ask, well, who reads down the line magazine or who listens to the podcast? And I, I think it's, it's, you know, people obviously who are, who are Christians and into, you know, Christian music or whatever, but I think there's a large portion of post Christians as well. Or post, how about post-evangelical? Maybe that's a better yeah. term. Um, people who still love Jesus in some kind of way, uh, that that relationship with Jesus didn't get uh, destroyed uh, through the, the, the meat grinder or whatever. Um, so it's it's always interesting to see where, where people are on that journey, and you always have to tread so carefully uh, <laughs> when, when talking to anyone. And I was at a meeting— uh, last month, and there was a lady there, and she came to save us all, you know. And um, I, I told her a few times, I said, you know, I've counseled people. I'm a chaplain, right? So I said, I've counseled people who have been in spiritually abusive situations, and what you're saying right now is the same thing that these people told me is what caused them the, their, their, a lot of their problems. And she kind of stood back because yeah. she was there to, you know, preach the good news, but she had no idea that the way she was saying things yeah. uh, was, was in her personal relation, her personal hotline with God that she had, that she can now tell everyone 
what they should be doing or whatever, yeah. uh, how that's destroying other people's lives. So um, it's it's just, a, you know, uh, we joked on the podcast about some of the uh, weird things that happened in, in these situations, and it's good to be able to joke about some of this stuff, but it's not good when you have th- tens of thousands, of, of hundreds of thousands of people leaving the church because of this, and the church not really totally. caring, you know, it's 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 problematic. And I don't want to pry too much into your personal beliefs or, or what happened or, or whatever. We're, we're we're here to talk about the record, but just on a, a general picture, maybe if you could you could comment on that because I know you know we cover your your records, even the Destroy Nate Allen records, and I know you've yeah. you know you have connections with the the quote unquote Christian music world. So, um, uh, what what are your thoughts about the people that you've sung to over the, you know, who, who came out of this post-evangelical or, 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 or now post-evangelical or now post-Christian, um, what, what do you, what do you, how do you feel their, their, uh, their spirituality? Do you feel like it's intact now? I mean, what, give us a sense of, um, of that if you can. I know that's a tall order. Yeah. Um, I, I'm surrounded by people whose, whose faith is decimated, um, if I was going to summarize a majority of my Facebook feed, it is people that, um, if they, that no longer attend church, uh, as, as a Sunday morning gathering, for instance, uh, most of them that I'm actually close friends with, um, in that space were evangelical. Um, those are the ones that I know the best. Uh, they've kind of, a lot of them have been displaced and, I think it really it does tie in really well to those strong um, differences between people's approaches to faith. You have somebody who, I mean, I'm a a, a sensitive. Um, my wife always says I'm a sensitive West Coast guy, uh, meaning like I internalize and I I'm not the first to like tell you what you need to change. Um, matter of fact, I find that terrifying sometimes to, to, to kind of bring corrective action um, when I need to. But uh, and you have other people that feel like their faith needs to be really, really, really bold. Um, for me, that personal boldness declaration, going to all the world and preach the gospel um, mantra, was really, really problematic, um, and I did not know why. I just instead of knowing how to get to the bottom of the fact that I, I'm not comfortable street evangelizing, um, I just internalized a ton of shame and just thought that I was, A, afraid of Jesus, and B, just like a failure as a, as a human, because that was such a basic tenet of the world I lived in. Um, it wasn't until I started unpacking that maybe I'd been the victim of abuse that uh, I realized why that uh, divide and that world was so complicated. And so if I could, you know, analyze the people I know that are in that post-evangelical space um, or post-Christian space or not really sure where they're at, uh, I think a lot of people have been the victim of, of subtle abuse, not necessarily that, you know, pastor who was so aggressive that everybody knew he was a horrible dude. Um, more like they've been in toxic environments that were subtle enough that they chipped away at their faith before they even realized it. Um, and I think there's a whole lot of people in that space where they're 
kind of decimated. Um, and now the political climate, I think people end up getting, uh, you know, sideswiped and all of a sudden you, you're displaced because you're on a different side of a political question. Um, and that, that affects your church. Um, but if I would, if I was going to say, man, if you're going through this there, I think there is hope and there's recovery and I'm not a, I mean, call, call me what you want, but if I think if somebody's in the place of processing and maybe not even consciously dealing with the effects of, of other people's actions on their life, I think that there is still definitely hope for their redemption. Uh, yeah, even if, like, they would say, I don't believe in God anymore. Uh, I don't think that uh, if they've been cast there by a bunch of people's horrible actions, I don't, I don't think uh, God's a cruel enough God to say, well, you didn't really know how you were hurt, and so uh, too bad you're, you're, you're damned for hell. I just don't think that's, that's who he is. Yeah, that, I agree with you, because um, th- that uh, lady that I was talking about, I told uh, somebody after the, the meeting was over with, I said if, if she was the only example of Christianity that I ever saw in my entire life, I would be— Richard Dawkins, I would be the the biggest atheist you've ever seen because the God that she's talking about, I don't want to have anything to do with at all. Yeah, and so there's sometimes a rejection of uh, the the God of, um, and I should say before when I was comparing uh, conservative Christianity to the Taliban, it's not all conservative Christianity. It's no, the no, militant no, form of conservative Christianity uh, that that has no grace, you know, at all, but. You know, when people say stuff like, these are the conversations that I've had with people, well, God is a cosmic child abuser because God sent his son down to die. And that's interesting because that's what they're hearing by somebody yelling and screaming, God sent his son to die. Well, that doesn't sound like a nice guy, but the fuller explanation makes sense, right? Jesus is God. He stepped off of the throne to come down and be our servant. You know, the fuller picture is a picture of grace— but that's not what yeah. you hear when people are shouting dogmatic statements no. um, in in a very un uh, Christ like manner. But there again, you know, people frame Christ to be uh, whoever they want him to be as well. And yeah, I, I agree with you though. There, there's so many people that have rejected uh, the God that they you know see televangelists preach about, or or the God that you know there that that has been misunderstood. Uh, that they're not rejecting the true God. God created us yeah. to be in a relationship with Him. If so, when we see Him who He as He is, then we will want to be in a relationship with our Creator. If we don't, then there's something else going on. And a lot of times, that is a miss. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, we 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 don't understand um, who God truly is. Now, sometimes we turn and run, and I get that. But you know, I think you're 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 dead on yeah. in, in your assessment. Uh, but there again, that's when those people still get condemned by the church because they can't make some yeah. sort of official stance on anything um, because they well, just, they're not, they're not sure. We don't have, um, as a culture, we're not good at grace and process. Um, and like, I think, you know, like, I mean, if a, I mean, I've got, I've got a two year old and if I was, um, if I was holding her to an adult standard in every single way and every time she like tries to figure something out and fails, I threw condemnation on her. Um, she'd never get to where she was going. Um, and I think like that, that space of process 
always takes longer. I mean, I'm, I've been healing for five years before I could have this conversation right here, this type of conversation. Um, but I've had really good help and I've had a lot of, uh, a lot of space to, to work on my, myself. Um, and a lot of, I have a lot more space than most people probably have to actually work on these issues. So I think if you've been decimated like I have and you're in that process, it's probably going to take a lot longer to work through, uh, than you want it to take. And, and if somebody's in that space and you're not, it's really hard to like understand. I think I'm sure I feel, I feel the frustration sometimes of like, man, my pastor is probably like, dude, I wish she would like just kind of move forward <laughs> and I'm like I try and kind of to move forward I really want to figure out who I am before I jump back into the world of forward moving <laughs> <laughs> I I man, I'm really appreciating everything you're saying and I appreciate you being open and, and discussing these sorts of things and I appreciate your uh gentle spirit as well so uh that's 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 nice um I did a uh I'm, I do uh, international tours sometimes, and so I'm taking a group of people okay. to the uh, Holy Land. And so oh, in preparation, um, I'm, we're going to Jaffa, Joppa, and so I was rereading the book of Jonah. And, uh, you know, we, get, we pull whatever we want to out of some of these Bible verses, but the very last, <laughs> um, there's, it's, only, you know, it's a small book, but uh, Jonah's all mad, you know, because the, the Ninevites repented, and, and God says to Jonah— um, you know, after the plant sprang up and died or whatever, but um, he says, and should I not have great concern for the city of, city of Nineveh, in which there are more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left, and also many animals. Yeah. And that just shows so much grace, A, to animals, too, let's not leave them out, but to, to God, totally. how he looks at us, like you said, in process— and he's like, these people are dumb. They don't know their left hand from their right hand, and you don't think I should be concerned about them because they're not as spiritually mature or on the same page yeah. or whatever as, as you are. Um, and that, that lesson, you know, of Jonah, sometimes from a conservative Christian perspective, you know, well, Jonah had to go and, and get these people to repent, but they don't really preach about that mercy that God had on their animals yeah. and on them because they were just ignorant. Um no, and they weren't Jewish totally. either, you know. So there's there's a whole other thing going on there too. Um, so it's yeah, I agree with you that that idea of process. But in in our at least how I grew up, you know, you had to have the date you were saved, you know, written on your Bible or, yeah. or whatever. And there's no room for question. And I tell people sometimes I'm an atheist about twice a day because sometimes yeah. when I'm listening <laughs> to a book or or I get mad about some spiritual abuse or whatever, I get really angry. And um, yeah. I, I just forget the whole thing, you know, and people get kind of upset when I say that. Uh, but it's but it's true. I, you know, I, at least a couple of times a day, I don't buy into any of this. Yeah. No, I mean, faith, faith is a blind walk. And I mean, it's 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 it, I mean, if you if you are somebody who subscribes to the. The basics of Christianity, at some point you're going to ask, is this true? Um, and it might be every day or it might be. Uh, you know, once a year, depending on where you're at in process. But I mean, gosh, I'm. It's a. It's it's been a trip. I think the, the Jonas story is so um, interesting. I I lived in San Francisco for some years, and 
that's a city that gets people that every couple of months somebody prophesies that it's about to fall into the ocean um, from God's judgment over it. And I was like, man, I'm pretty positive I'm a Christian when I live here, and so are all these people that I know. Uh, but yet I had an uncle who was so mortified by the sin there that he would drive hours to avoid the city around it. Um, and so I think that there's uh, a really interesting perspective on people that are like, I feel like God loves everybody even where they're at, maybe if they don't even know who he is. And then the people that are like, if in that very dogmatic space of like, if their faith doesn't look like mine, then they're, we're not even in the same like discussion at all. Yeah, I, I live in New Orleans, so after Hurricane Katrina, oh, yeah, totally. yeah, we got the God. God didn't like all the homosexuality or whatever that's going on, so he yeah, just, yeah. he destroyed a poor black neighborhood. I'm not quite. He missed, I guess. Yeah, uh, no. what he was trying to do, but and oddly enough, there's this big uh, homosexual uh, weekend that we have. That actually, they actually happened. It was only like ten people here, but they had decadence fest and paraded in the streets. So yeah. God didn't even stop that. But, you know, so many people yeah. died and so many people <laughs> lost their homes no. that had no money. Um, so God God hated those people, Some you know, for some reason. Or, or like I said, he just yeah. missed. His aim was a little off. Um, but, yeah, that's— so ridiculous. Yeah, it, it really is. Um, it's, 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 it's quite crazy. Um, so, I, I mean, again, I'm, I'm really— uh, uh, honor that you you're you know speaking with us uh on these on these things because I know it's it's quite difficult sometimes and you're out there singing about it and I definitely know how hard uh that can be so um what what do you want someone to walk away with after they hear your record uh I think that it's okay to be in process is is like a maybe a philosophical takeaway. Um, and that if you are somebody who's been through the the ringer that ev- is evangelicalism, I think there's a few different routes. There, there you don't have to necessarily just uh, contain it all inside yourself, or just completely uh, trash the whole idea of faith. You can you can be in process. Uh, you can protest loudly and still uh, try to figure out who who Jesus is to you. Um, I think that's that's the philosophical spiritual takeaway. Uh, I think from my other other side of it, this is the totally artistic craft side. I think this is the best batch of songs I've written. So I would love people to grasp and wrestle with the songs and take time to listen to them and realize, like, oh, this guy's not the person who wrote, or this guy's this, this is the guy who wrote a bunch of punk songs. But these aren't punk songs. These are crafted a lot a lot more intentionally. And so I think it really shows who I am as a songwriter, um, really, for the first time to a lot of people. Excellent. Well, I definitely like uh, what I, I love what I heard so far. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah, no, this is this is really uh, this is really cool that um, things like this are are happening and people are starting to speak out with various different opinions um, yeah. about what's going on. And I guess the other thing it's it's interesting because. You have somebody like, you know, this album you're doing or the Dave Bazan thing. I just find it fascinating that someone can jump back into the, the Christian world and still have a conversation. Or someone can say, I yeah. don't know what I believe. And you can, you know, you, you have that conversation because they're playing music and you're still in, you know, there's some involvement there on both sides. And it kind of gives people that room to 
you know, to process things or, or whatever. Um, I'm, I'm, that's just an interesting anomaly that's, that's happened. Yeah. Um, no, and there's probably other things, other bands out there like that, that I, uh, I just haven't really, uh, grasped yet. Cause sometimes what happens is when people, that when dogmatic people leave Christianity, they, be, they become as equally dogmatic on the other side. Yeah, yeah, um, for sure. And so you have like, what? Ha- wait, whoa, what happened? And so it's nice when you hear a record like this, or you hear a record like any of Dave Bazan's stuff post, you know, Christianity or whatever. Um, it's nice to hear that because there's still uh, a dialogue yeah. that's happening where there's not with you know, I'm not going to name anybody, but there's not when some of these other people just switch sides and they're, and they're, they're yeah. equally as dogmatic just on uh, the the. <laughs> The alternate side. It's kind of interesting to listen yeah, to, yeah. but it's definitely not a conversation anymore. Um, no, I, I, I would agree. So, how are you going to tour this or, or or get this out there? What's your plan? Um, but well, the record comes out um, the very first, and so it'll be released digitally. I'm going to be touring, hopefully more. I've really been on like a, essentially a four year tour break for for me. Um, maybe even five years working on this record. So the goal is to kind of open up the the throttle a little bit and start playing. Um, I'm only playing quiet rooms right now. So listening rooms, living rooms, quiet spaces. I've also been playing churches, which is super interesting. Um, after years and years of trying to never set foot in one as an artist, um, I've actually played my church on Sunday and uh, definitely had like an hour of uh, panic and anxiety before I did that. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I find it because maybe because I'm a punk or maybe because I'm just stubborn. I like going into spaces where um, the art is interestingly presented. So my this new record is probably going to be played in those sorts of spaces that where people are almost like set up to be able to listen in a way that they wouldn't have been able to if they, uh, you know, were saying a loud bar or something. That's, uh, you know, I tour around just playing a baritone ukulele when I do play. And, yeah. uh, man, it's hard finding a quiet room. There's always... Totally. I, every time I've seen uh, a show in a coffee shop, and this happened with Michael Knott, Terry Taylor, in, like, the, the, yeah. the quietest song you want to hear, somebody orders some kind of iced latte... And then the blenders yeah. are going off, and you know it's it kind of ruins well, the whole thing. I've I've decided that um, I learned I can make rules if they're booking me. So my new rule is that if I play a coffee shop, they're not allowed to run the espresso machine when I play. Okay. Um, and so I'm literally like, I will play your coffee shop. You will not be able to run this device or the blender. Yeah. For how long the duration of my set, um, we can totally set it up to people to do it before and after but i think like for me that that space is so hard to find that it has to be curated um which that's that's been the hardest uh the hardest like maybe thing to come across an explanation is like oh no i'm really looking for someplace that's completely quiet and uh they do exist you just have to like hunt them (laughs) it's hard to find in all these spaces i started a meetup for songwriters and that seemed to work we had had either at my house or um, a music store let us use their rehearsal space, and then we were able to set up yeah. the parameters there um, where, you know, you had our 
do you know you're there to do original music and you know whatever and that seemed to we actually played a really nice big show uh, mixing it up with another meetup a photography meetup it was kind of cool but it's def well New yeah. Orleans I don't know if you have ever been here but there's like no such thing as a quiet room anywhere yeah 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 <laughs> so it's it's kind of difficult I, to I, find those spaces so um, excellent and you're located in St Louis I live in Kansas City Missouri. Kansas City all right excellent. And there's places there that will, besides church, that will, uh... Yeah, there's a few. Um, there's some, I've got my eye on a few small rooms I'll be playing, and then I'll, I'm probably going to do a lot of house shows and, and kind of sacred space type gatherings, um, specifically because they're quiet and they're... Also, this record, I don't know, I don't even know how to reach this audience, but when I played the church on Sunday, I think it was five women. I would say their, their median age was 60 that all came up and talked to me um, about how they were impacted by the songs. And so there's going to be an area of where I'm totally going in almost blind to play, try to play gatherings where the audience is probably significantly older than my established audience has been. And I have no idea where that will take me. Um, I mean, yeah, that's, that's generation interesting. Step or two. You know, I, when I uh, first uh, started saying, all right, enough of this Christianity stuff, my sister and I played a bunch of shows where we pretended like we were Pentecostals. And I went in the total opposite direction. You're, I wanted to—I was going for blood, right? And so uh, oh, yeah, yeah. I wrote this album called Let's Have Church, and it was all like first-person stuff. But the big <laughs> song off of that was Sister Big Boobs. I don't know if you ever heard it, but it's about— going to the altar just because the hot woman was up at the altar, you know, that kind of uh, thing. And so, but we yeah, yeah. <laughs> played all these things straight and it was really, it was embarrassing, you know, cause you know, you kind of like, nobody knows what to do. It's very awkward. The audience totally. is like, what is going on? And we're just playing it straight. And, um, yeah, yeah, it yeah. was kind of fun. And I don't, I don't really have the same, uh, whatever to do that again, uh, in a live situation, but it was, it was interesting, uh, and then when I kind of switched gears, the last church I played was actually mine, and the guy I opened up for, okay. you know, came up to me and he said, "Those were the saddest songs I've ever heard. What am I supposed to do now?" You know, and I'm like, "Well, I don't know. Go play, <laughs> yeah. you know, play your stuff." So it's <laughs> it's always interesting when you're in those awkward situations that you're not used to. You know, you don't know totally. who, who the audience is, but that makes it fun, right? That's how you grow. And yeah, and, I mean. I I think it's, it's super interesting because you never, I, I like putting myself in those spaces. I played a lot of shows. Uh, and so being in a, a new space is interesting to me. Um, I had an old project called when I was writing, like right out of high school called the Southern Oregon gospel trio. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we were a punk band, but we took the name hoping to get to play like awkward church gatherings. Yeah. Um, where they'd book us under the pretense of our name, not our sound. We actually never pulled it off, so kudos for actually getting to play the spaces. Uh, we uh, that would have been really fun. Yeah, we had one where a pastor actually stood outside trying to stop people from going in, oh, um, wow. and that was like that was a that was a notch on my belt or whatever. Like, yes, you know, uh, somebody, yeah, you know, somebody gets it and is really upset that we're doing it, but whatever. Um, anyway, if you make it down this way, let me know uh, for sure. Yeah, I. I hope to. I mean, my my goal right now is I want to get into to the Bible Belt, like with this record. I'm really curious what will happen if I play this uh, as much in the South as possible. That's kind of like my my goal for this year. 
Well, uh, I don't know how. Let me let me ask like you this: it. Have you? Um, I've seen this twice now. It was, uh, and I guess it's still going on. Uh, Jay Baker's uh, Loosen the Bible Belt tour um, with uh, him, and then he has like a lesbian comedian, and they play in bars. Yeah, and uh, you, this might actually fit in with that. Um, there was a lot of yeah. posts. Christian hurting people there yeah. uh, at both of those shows. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. I actually, um, my wife knows Jay, um, so that's actually not a bad idea. I, uh, I I like playing bars. I have no issue with them. I just don't want them to be. I, I, this music doesn't go well with with the the drunk guy in the back, right? Um, so it's just it's a needs to be a curated thing. It's super interesting, right? Um, and you you hit on an interesting concept that uh, I mean, kind of a, in a roundabout way. Um, are you familiar with the books? The guy, the authors, Cloud and Townsend. Do you know who they are? No. Okay, they they have a, a book called Boundaries, and they have a whole bunch of inner healing, uh, inner work books. Oh yeah, you're talking about. Uh, um, yeah, of course. Uh, the first okay. the first guy's name. Um, Henry Cloud. Yes, of course. Uh, yeah, yeah. Boundary. In fact, I just went through the uh, the late the newest edition he did. I guess two years ago. Oh, cool. Excellent. Yeah. The, I, I I I'm a big fan of of their work. Um, but in their their book Beyond Boundaries, it's like the follow up is what do you do after you've built the ne- needed canyon for your emotional health um, from your past. Uh, they they talk about how to move forward and. One of the concepts they hit on, which I, I find really interesting, is called a season of protest. Um, and they say to progress from where you were to where you're going to be, there has to be a season of protest where you yelled loudly, you kind of shake the heavens, so to speak, where you name all the name the pain, name the causes, you, you just really like work it out, um, and that you actually can't move forward developmentally. With a, with an integration to wherever your destination is internally, unless you have that season of anger, and uh, so when I see somebody that's like, I don't believe God anymore, or I don't believe Jesus, or any of that, whatever space, um, I just I almost encourage them because I'm like, okay, well, um, maybe the God you believed in was was a false god anyway, um, and you really need the season. So I'm I'm not. I used to think of it as my job to guard somebody's um, eternal destination, and that's way too big of a job for me. So now if I see somebody in process, I tend to just encourage them to, to stay in that process and just uh, – I like their, their concept of season of protest because it indicates something you walk through. You just don't want to end up stuck as a – being a 60-year-old a, a angry punk doesn't look very good on anybody. Um, yeah, no, I – but, yeah. but it's needed, so – yeah, I, th- I think, um, and I'm not exactly sure what background you grew up in, but for me, one one of the horrible things that went along with the, the spiritual abuse was decision theology, and it was all up to you, just like you said, right? And so yeah. if I didn't, sh- like, if, we, if I was having this conversation with you, I don't know, 20 years ago, I would have felt guilty if I didn't say, hey, look, have, you need to say the sinner's yeah. prayer again. Like I need to make sure, and then it's my fault, just like you were saying with the street witnessing. Totally. Uh, so there is no season of of figuring things out or protesting or whatever. 
I got to make sure that right now you are right with God. Yeah. And the the weight is on me, just like you were saying. It's 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 on, it, but it's also on that person to make that decision. And there's no totally. process to think about any of this. It's no, it's you got to you got to make this decision now because if you get in a car accident, um, yeah, yeah, you know it's over with, and and you're going to spend an eternity in hell. Or they would tell you that stupid story. I'm sure you heard it. The guy flips his boat, and he's with his son fishing, and his son's friend, and his son's friend isn't a Christian, and he only has one life preserver, so he throws it to the son's friend, and the son dies, and then the kid goes, why'd you throw it to me and not your son? He goes, well, my son was, you know, I grew up in the South. Well, my son was saved, and you weren't, so he was, you were going to go to hell if you would have drowned. You know, all these weird, messed up stories. uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that that kind of was driving (laughs) <laughs> driving their 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 points home but you know the the idea that you're you're responsible solely for your salvation is is I don't believe that I mean I don't want to just no, have, have an argument about that but um you know God seeks us right it's it's uh yeah the hounds of heaven are out after us and um we're human and we do protest we do yell we do get mad we do cry hey this is unfair but God loves us anyway. And, you know, the story of Jonah, yeah. going back to that, God, you know, he corrects us sometimes, but he didn't just say, all right, Jonah, enough with you, you want to go pick somebody else. He he worked with yeah, Jonah yeah. all along the way. He got him thrown off the boat. Uh, he got him swallowed by the fish. He got him sent to where he needed to go. And then even after that, when he was acting like a jerk, he still was very patient with Jonah yeah. the entire time. And and we just don't see that that part of the story. And then he's patient with the people who are ignorant, yeah. um, who are doing probably some really horrible things. Um, I think Hosea talks about what uh, they were doing in the city of Nineveh. So they were doing some really bad things. But even in yeah. that, uh, God was patient and just and kind. Well, anyway, we're way out of time, but I could talk to you for hours, man. I appreciate your journey, your yeah, songs, thank you, uh, and your and your uh, spirit. So uh, we started off the song with lightning, and you do have a video for that, and we will uh, put a link to that uh, on uh, the in the show notes there. But tell us thank where you. else people can go to figure out uh, uh, where they can they can you know see where you're going to be and uh, get some of your stuff and where's the where's the best uh, portal online for you right now i just built a new website um go to hide no truth.com that'll that'll direct you there um or good saint you can look at either one of those they're all the same place right now um so yeah go go there and you will be able to get all the latest happenings from me uh, we'll be announcing some shows uh in the next couple weeks hopefully i've got a few little tours that are rolling out so um yeah, I play around Kansas City and hopefully all over the U.S. again pretty soon. Um, this record is has been a long time coming, so I'm really glad to talk about it. Excellent. Well, let's uh, let's wrap the show up with uh, track number nine, right? Better. Yes. All right. Well, thanks again, and I'll put all your contact information and uh, links down below. Thank you very much. Sidewalk in the shadows out of sight When a cutting glance of disapproval Will give you frostbite 
simple to distract yourself while known people die. I just focus on the task at hand, straighten up my tie. But I think we can do better, a whole lot better, a whole lot better than this. Yes, I think we can do better, a whole world better than this. A cheap shot to the injured, isolated in bad health. If you believe they did it to themselves Yes, I most often hurt the people I love And it's easy to forget that the hurting need a hug But I think we can do better, a whole lot better A whole lot better than this I think we can do better A whole world better than this But left with my devices in the hand I was dealt I would sit on the couch lamenting how I felt I would seek first my security Ignoring cause and effect Stay inside my head, never turn my neck But it's hard to find your foot and keeping one foot in the grave And it's hard to get momentum when you always hesitate Yes, we can travel all we want, but we can't escape We're all in this together with a cross-stitched fate But I think we can do better, a whole lot better A whole lot better than this Yes, I think we can do better, a whole world better than this And I think we can do better, a whole lot better those friends and family out in the weather to those people we'd rather punch than kiss I think we can do better a whole world better than this yes I think we can do better a whole lot better a whole lot better than this I think